everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Paul in Bedford, Massachusetts asks, my therapist is a real weirdo. What should I do about it? What do you think, Nick? Um, well, Paul... <laughs> Uh, I guess I'd want to know more about uh, what he means by a weirdo. Um, So I think a surprisingly common case is where you, uh, you know, you see a therapist and they're they're a little uh, socially awkward, maybe, or kind of have a hard time, um, have a hard time with the kind of normal social interactions. Um, Maybe they seem kind of uptight or distant or overly kind of friendly and something just seems a little off. Um, and I think people naturally uh, struggle with that. Um, so I guess my big question would be, uh, how, how do you feel like that gets in the way of your therapy or not? So you kind of believe that therapists have a tendency to be strange or... I don't know if I'd say they have a tendency to, but I, that's not an uncommon experience I've heard. Oh, from from clients and stuff. Mm-hmm. Some people have said, "Oh, I, I met a few. I've been to a therapist before, and they were kind of strange. And, they were just kind of weird." Okay. And and I don't, you know, I don't know how how much of that is their therapist was weird, or the fact that you know therapy is just kind of a weird experience. It's a super artificial mm-hmm. um, context. Yeah. Yeah. You go in someone you've never met before, and you just spill all these intimate details of your life. And as we've talked about before, they don't really reciprocate in that sense. Mm-hmm. So I, one thing I would want to do first is try and tease apart: is it the therapist that's weird, or is it the situation that's yeah. weird? I think that's a really good place to start. I mean, for Paul, I would say you know, it, you're, you're making a judgment there and what is that judgment kind of based on which is kind of what you're looking for there I think with is it a contextual thing or is it a personality thing um, but, I, but I would imagine for clients um, it's easy to feel nervous awkward um, intimidated by kind of entering uh, therapy in the first place so I, I, it would be easy to get those things confused with that's my therapist making me feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's possible. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not saying that, no, their therapist isn't weird. I mean, yeah, I guess you're, you're dealing with people and people have personalities. And um, sometimes personalities just don't mix well together, I guess. And so it, it, it's entirely possible that your therapist is weird. Um I think the first step for me would be, yeah, trying to tease apart what what is it that's weird, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is it the context or is it actually the therapist? Yeah. And that would lead me, I guess, to a step two. How So let's, if that's step one, how what are some practical things? How would you tell that apart? Like, how, what advice would you give to someone to say, well, I think my therapist is kind of a weirdo and this is making me uncomfortable, but maybe it's the situation or maybe even it's, it's a little bit of me and my nervousness with the situation. What, what sorts of things would you advise people to help them make that distinction? I'd, I'd ask, you know, if I was talking to Paul, I'd just ask him to clarify. What is it that, that is so weird about your therapist? Mm-hmm. Because you could get a list of 
will I just feel really nervous? And he asked me all sorts of personal questions. Um, and you might be able to tell, well, those, that, that is therapy. That's any, the any therapist is yeah, going to do that. Any therapist, therapy is going to involve talking about intimate details of your life. And so maybe you're responding to the awkwardness of the moment that way. Mm-hmm. But if Paul gave me answers that included, um, you know, really eccentric or difficult behaviors that the therapist was engaging in um, that were maybe socially awkward or um, off-putting, I might encourage Paul to talk to that therapist about that. Oh, like what's an example of something? Um... Give us some juicy, juicy details. Well, there's there's the other possibility that the type of therapy is different than what you expect. The therapy oh. is different, I guess. There's another possibility. What do you mean by the type of therapy? Well, I immediately went in my head to um, therapies that I think would make people feel uncomfortable. Like, um, you know, if your therapist happens to practice... Um, like drum therapy. Right? Drum therapy? I've never heard of drum therapy. What's drum therapy? I've heard you, you basically beat on a drum. Oh. And, yeah, express emotion. And, you know, so mm. that's a weird activity maybe to some. <laughs> to Not some. to everybody, but to some. And so maybe it's the type of therapy that you thought, oh, this isn't what I thought therapy would be, too. Yeah. I guess that would be another contextual thing. Or, or if you go into therapy imagining that you're going to be laying on the couch talking about your relationship with your mom for 55 minutes right and instead your therapist starts pulling out worksheets and drawing diagrams on the whiteboard yeah that could feel that, that could, that feel could violate your expectations and therefore lead to it things feeling weird mm-hmm. yeah i think that's exactly right and so but i guess you know you meet people that um it's hard it's hard for you to communicate with it's hard to understand what they're saying um they have an off-putting sense of um, sense of humor hmm. Um, those things are also possible, you know. So I, I would just try to tease those factors apart and ask Paul, what is it specifically that is making you uncomfortable? Yeah, so and, step, step one is take some time and be thoughtful about, are you sure this isn't just the situation in general, maybe something about you, or maybe the type of therapy. Kind of rule those out first. Right, or is it actually my therapist? I mean, yeah. am, am I right? Is my therapist a weirdo? And yeah. I just don't gel well with that person. Yeah. Okay, so let, let's assume Paul's therapist is just kind of a weirdo. Like, let's say he's got some unfortunate personal hygiene issues. <laughs> right. um, maybe he's maybe he's just kind of nervous. Some people just have kind of nervous energy. Maybe your therapist just is just kind of nervous. Yeah. Um, a little fidgety, maybe tends to interrupt you, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you suggested earlier you should bring that up with your therapist. So how do I, how do I say, you know, Dr. Jones, like you're kind of a nervous guy and it's making me uncomfortable. Did you just say that? Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's the, the, you know, the artificial context of therapy is, is that hopefully you're creating a space for your client so that that kind of conversation is possible. Hmm. It's not possible, not that it's not possible outside of therapy, but it's unlikely outside of therapy that those conversations happen. But ideally, yeah, you'd want your client to be able to say, you kind of make me feel awkward and and hmm. and let's explore that for a little bit. Hmm. And hopefully your therapist is more than happy to do that with you. Um, I think that's definitely on the table. Hmm. So what, if, but what if, 
you know, what if your therapist is just kind of a nervous person? Um, what, let me play devil's advocate. What is talking about the fact that he's a nervous person gonna, what's that really gonna change in terms of how you, whether therapy is helpful or not for you? Well, I, one, I, I would think that's just good feedback for your therapist. I mean, maybe that's, you know, good information okay. for him to have that he comes across as nervous or mm-hmm. anxious and that that also has an impact on other people. Mm-hmm. That's good information to have. Okay. Um, the other part, though, is why is that so off-putting to me? That could be a topic of conversation as well in therapy. Why is me, why is it that me I being respond? Paul, the, yeah. the client? Okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, if yeah, why is is your therapist being nervous um, so off-putting or aversive to you? What is it about someone who might be nervous, or um, is it excruciating? Is it tolerable? Mm-hmm. Is it um, does it remind you of someone you know maybe or does it mm-hmm. um, evoke certain emotional responses for you I mean those are things that are maybe pertinent to your therapy possibly mm-hmm. or you might have a conversation that leads you just to say I'd rather I just don't feel confident in this situation and I'd rather not continue mm-hmm. so you're, I'm picking up on the same trend that it's probably a good idea to at least rule out the possibility that this could be productive if you brought it up and maybe it wouldn't be as big a deal as it seems if you kind of talked about it and cleared the air. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think when conversations like this come up in therapy, they can be really fruitful, um, really beneficial. Um, I always encourage clients to kind of, um, give feedback where they feel it's necessary because I'm not a perfect person. And, um, when I've been able to kind of uh, get feedback from clients about, you know, something I said, something I did, I mean, it really kind of opens up a dialogue about um, improving the therapeutic relationship, mm-hmm. I think, a lot. That's a really important thing. I've had the same experience. I, I've had a lot of, not a lot, I don't know about a lot, but I've had multiple um, clients where at some point in the therapy, they brought up something uncomfortable either about me or the way therapy was going and it really I mean it was uncomfortable I think for both of us for Mm -hmm. maybe a session or two but um our work really hit like another level after that right Um, so so I recently had I'll share one of my experiences I recently had a client get upset that I didn't return a phone call mm -hmm. um in in a quick enough fashion for them um and the client had a good point. Uh, they, they basically said, you know, I thought that was unprofessional, that you wouldn't return that phone call promptly. Um, and I was able to acknowledge that, sit with it. Of course, it never feels good to get any kind of criticism about what you're doing. Um, and I was also able to share why that phone call took a while. It was a scheduling issue. Um, and uh, I was waiting on information from another client about a time that I already offered. Hmm. So I had to wait to hear back from that client. But it was, it was a good um, topic of conversation because their interpretation of my getting back to them late was that I didn't care. And so that was a really fruitful conversation. And when they were able to actually hear the reasoning about why it took a little bit longer than they anticipated, um, it definitely kind of got the message across that I did care and that uh, it, it was also important to me. Yeah. So it was a really good conversation. And I think, you know, I think that makes, I think everyone can relate to this because 
in any kind of relationship, whether it's with a sibling or a friend, often um, close relationships, good relationships are born out of going through difficult experiences together. Right. You know, so maybe you're, you met your best friend in college because you were both in a really hard calculus class where the teacher was terrible and you really had to band together in your study group to, to kind of get through it. Right. right. And it's, I think it's useful to think that that same thing can happen in therapy and that when the two of you, you the client and your therapist, go through something difficult together, if you can make it through, it actually leads to a stronger, um, maybe more productive relationship on the other side. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that, well, you see this in interpersonal relationships, even if there's difficulty caused by one of the two people, right? I mean, if you're able to resolve conflict in a, in a healthy way and address each other's concerns in that moment, your relationship's always stronger, I think, and better for it. Mm -hmm. um, when you have those relationships where um, conflict resolution is unobtainable, those are unhealthy situations, I would say. Mm -hmm. You probably want to rid yourself of in some way or distance yourself from or whatever. But, um, yeah, I think, well, and in this situation, I mean, Paul's got some choices. He can just never go back to therapy. Mm -hmm. um, is that bad? What if he just... Never goes back. Just find someone else. And... You know, bad's a judgment I try not to use. <laughs> but, again, I would say check your motivation. You know, if you, if you're, if you don't go back, I would, I would maybe call that an avoidant behavior. You just don't want to maybe, you know, or, or you're nervous about telling your therapist how you feel. Um, and then I would check, you know, how that functions for you in your life maybe, you know. Do you kind of avoid awkward conversations? And maybe that's maybe your therapist isn't the only person you're avoiding awkward conversations with. So, um, such a therapist answer. Yeah, yeah, I can't help it. <laughs> but a good one, I think. Okay, but let's say let, let's say Paul's done his homework. Mm -hmm. He's brought some, the fact that his therapist, frankly, there's kind of a weird odor in the room, and <laughs> right. the guy's really nervous. He brings this up, and the therapist doesn't really. Um, it's not like he loses it or something, but he, he doesn't seem to quite get it. And mm -hmm. the next session comes and it doesn't really... Same thing. Same thing. Um, what, what do you do? Man, if I'm Paul, I get another therapist. You know, that I, to me, it's more than okay to pair up with a therapist who you feel comfortable with, who you feel like you can work with, who you're... You look forward to going to sessions with. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's I think that's well within Paul's right to say, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I guess in, in in some ways I would I would my Paul my short answer to Paul would be check your motivation, and then you know if you truly are uncomfortable, get another yeah. therapist. I think there's there's studies that show some of the best outcomes are with therapy. I mean, is is one of the best therapeutic outcomes is whether you like your therapist or not. You know, those yeah. kind of predict better outcomes. Like, are you able to attend sessions, do the mm -hmm. work, you know, participate in therapy? And you're more likely to do that if you like your therapist. Right. So let's, to get at this question of how, because I think you find people on either side of the fence. Some people are all about the relationship is like everything in therapy, right. like how you click with your the <laughs> right. therapist and the client. And some people are on the other side and basically say it it doesn't really matter. Like the therapist is like kind of an expert helper and you're going to them to get kind of advice and coaching on how to work through something. Just like you don't have to get along with your cardiologist 
in order for them to put in a stent. Mm. Those are kind of the two sides. So let me propose um, a kind of wrinkle on Paul's initial question that gets at this tension of how important is the relationship. Okay. Um, so let's say Paul's therapist is a real weirdo. He kind of smells. He's got this real nervous energy about him. He's just kind of hard to be around. Mm -hmm. But the guy really knows his stuff when it comes to, um, you know, Paul's driving phobia. Like okay. he, he's gotten some, he's given some really good advice that's really been helpful. Um, and he imagines there's probably more of that to come. But God, he just really doesn't like being in the room with the guy for an hour once a week. What do you? What would you advise in that situation? Well, again, I mean, if it's if it's uh, uncomfortable enough that it's making Paul question whether he really wants to attend therapy, even if he expects more help in the future, um, how likely is it that he's going to go to therapy? That would be my question for Paul. Will you still go? I guess. Um, or if it's intolerable and he's like, man, I think, I think it would be great, but I just can't tolerate this. Um, I might ask uh, Paul's therapist, if I'm Paul, I might ask my therapist for some referrals. Hmm. You know, I want to do this work somewhere else. You know, I'd, I'd like uh, referrals along the same lines, same type of therapy that we're doing. But to me, it all boils down to, is Paul going to be able to get the help that he needs? And so if the smell in the room is that aversive that he might actually just not go to therapy, then find another therapist. Yeah. If it's tolerable and you're, you're really enjoying the information you're getting and likely to attend, then go ahead and tolerate the odor, I guess. What do you think? What would you tell Paul? Yeah, I think, I think that's about right. It is you got to be pragmatic about it. Um, and there are a lot of different therapists who do a lot of different therapy. Um, and for some people, getting along with their therapist, you know, isn't the most important thing in the world. Um, for a lot of people, though, I think getting along with your therapist or, or at least being able to relate to your therapist and like your therapist in some way is really important. Yeah. So again, I think it would just depend on the person and what they need. I mean, some people are able to go and and like a like go getting uh, going to get a stent. You don't care if you get along with your surgeon; it doesn't really matter. And and so, for people who are like that with therapy, then fine, it doesn't really matter. But for some people, it really does. I mean, mm -hmm. you're not unconscious when you're doing therapy. <laughs> you're, in a, you're in a room; it's a very intimate setting. Uh, you're sharing some pretty. Um, big information about yourself and I think most people probably want to do that in a place they feel comfortable mm -hmm. but if you don't then don't worry about it go for it have fun well there you go Paul sounds like good advice to me yeah yeah <laughs> you got anything else you'd, you'd tell Paul um, not, not specifically Paul well maybe Paul and anybody else I, you know I think it's more than okay to shop around for therapists and you know this, you've, you've written about this. So, um, yeah, maybe a good moment for you to talk about your observations in writing. And uh, uh, because I think that's more than okay. I think people sometimes don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the, the progression of this episode mirrors how I feel about it, which is that I, I think the, your first um, kind of thought ought to be check your motivations, like you said consider other alternatives, rule things out. Like maybe it's just the 
Um, it's more the situation and you just need some time to get used to the idea of therapy, especially if you've never been in it. Um, or maybe bringing it up with the therapist, despite being uncomfortable, could be really productive and, and helpful. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, um, you do, it, it's not, you don't owe your therapist anything. Right. Right. Like you, you are paying them for a service. Right. Right. And right. so in some ways, if you've done your due diligence, you, you got to picture them just like you would a plumber or your dry cleaning person or your surgeon or any other, your, your accountant, any other professional um, who you're paying uh, to receive a service. Oh, I think for. you're exactly right. Yeah, um, you're, if you if you're leaving therapy, and I've had a lot of clients tell me this that you know in a previous um, you know time in their life they went to therapy and they just kind of didn't get anything out of it, but they went for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I kind of that that makes me cringe a little because if you're leaving my office week after week and you're not feeling you're getting anything out of it. Man, that's really good information for me to have. Um, really good information for you to really pay attention to. Yeah. Because it's a waste of time and money if you're not benefiting. I that's all time you could be spending with another therapist who's really helpful. Yeah, um, who's really helpful in making making you um, see patterns in your life and address behaviors that might be dysfunctional. And yeah, it's. I mean, it's. You know, and we've kind of mentioned how awkward therapy can be as a as a artificial context you know but I don't want to scare anybody off because I think therapy is a really fascinating context as well where unlike any place in the world you're able to explore your own thoughts feelings behaviors motivations identity you know these really fascinating topics that by yourself are sometimes hard to navigate mm-hmm. um, but but with somebody else um, who has experience in those things and who's, you know, mastered some of those areas, it can be hugely beneficial to your life. So um, as artificial as it is, it can be a really enjoyable experience, I think, as well. Yeah, that's. Good. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, I'm tempted to just leave it there because that's such a good conclusion. But I have, <laughs> I have one, one thought uh, came to me. I, I feel like a good litmus test for... Is a therapist too weird or strange? Is to give them some feedback and see how they respond. Like, what is the nature of their response? Are they genuine and sort of accepting and interested in your feedback, or do they get really defensive and strange and kind of uh, combative as a result of that? And I think that tells you just about everything you need to know. Yeah. Well, and and to dovetail to that, you know. A therapy, you know, your your relationship with your therapist because you do form a relationship. It's a relationship like like none other, but it is a relationship, and you should expect certain things from your therapist. I think, and they should expect certain things from you. Um, and so, to be able to have a dialogue and and be able to discuss these things or, or discomfort or odd behaviors or whatever might be present in therapy, I think is a crucial part of therapy. Yeah. I mean, if you can't do that with your therapist, I would say like any other relationship, or if there are things that you just can't, you know, enjoy, then you have to factor that into the quality of the relationship, I guess. Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. Cool. All right, Paul. Hope that helps. Good luck with your weird therapist. <laughs>